Moon Pig. Hello world and welcome to the Moon Pig Tech Podcast. I am Jacob. And I'm Richard. And today I have with us our Head of Engineering, Neil Shepard. And today we're going to talk a bit about um, how we provide all of our tech team with a clear career path, how we can make sure people can grow, can develop themselves and how we developed a so-called growth framework and a success framework that hopefully helps our developers seeing how they can improve and how they kind of like can take the next step. So Neil, do you want to say hello? Hello. Very good. Um, <laughs> so tell us a little bit about yourself. How long have you been at Moonpeak? Um, so I've been at Moonpeak nearly five years. So five years in July. Um, I started off as an iOS engineer. So previously to that, I've worked on things like mainframe and on some like Java web apps. Um, I then kind of got bitten by the bug of iOS engineering, mm -hmm. went into that, uh, joined Moonpig as an iOS engineer, and then I've just kind of worked my way up the, the career path, and now I'm head of engineering. So I think what's, what's really interesting about that is um, when, when you kind of like worked yourself through the roles and got better and better and pretty much climbed the ranks, there, there was no clear understanding of kind of what is necessary from you to kind of get to the next step. It was kind of like all handling one-to-ones and talks with like your, your manager and your, and your tech lead, but there was not an objective like ladder laid out for you. Yeah, that's right. Um, so when I joined, the, the mobile team was really small. Um, there was four iOS engineers, a couple of Android engineers. It was a new team, so we'd just taken on building mobile apps in-house. Um, so there was a director of mobile, and then there was lots of iOS engineers and Android engineers. And as we grew over time, there was then need for a bit more formality in the structure. So we need, you know, the director was managing too many people. So the idea was to introduce uh, a team lead role. And yeah, kind of it wasn't, um, there wasn't any explicit kind of path laid out that an engineer became a team lead, but I just kind of was interested in that role, um, kind of applied for it and got it. And then kind of just from there, it's grown on from being a team lead looking after just iOS to then kind of my responsibilities growing out to being looking after more mobile, so Android and iOS. And then over time, you know, kind of we've, we've grown even more Moonpig as an organization and I've had to take on more responsibility, which includes non-mobile teams, so traditional web teams as well. And then that role has just kind of grown from you know, that into an engineering manager into then a head of engineering. And you pretty much like mentioned we've been growing and growing and growing. So maybe it's good to give like a quick overview of how many engineers do we have and how we're roughly structured. Yeah, sure. So we our tech organization right now is roughly around 60 people. Um, we're split across two sites. We have our main headquarters in London and then we have a tech hub in Manchester. So Manchester has right now about 20 engineers. And London then has around 40 engineers. Our teams are kind of organized into what we call long-lived teams and they're, they're kind of separated by domains. So as an example, we have a team that kind of look after our search domain. We have a team that look after the checkout. And as an example, Manchester have a team that look after fulfillment, which is anything that happens post buying a card. So the printing and production of a card. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, so so we've got a large team of developers, and um, one of the most important things I think to keep them happy here is to uh, for them to understand clearly how it is they make their next step in their career. What so if if they join as a junior developer, how do they progress to a, a mid-level developer and, and and continue on from there? Um, so what do we do at Moonpig? What is this? What have we got in place that helps that happen across our large team? Yeah, good question. Um, so we have two things really. So the first thing isn't specific to tech, it's across all employees at Moonpig and that's called the success framework. And the idea behind the success framework is, is how it drives a good end of year conversation. So it is around what's expected of me in my role um, and am I meeting that, am I meeting some of it? And also how do I progress to the next level? So, and, and that's kind of boils down to, the, Roles are kind of defined into three capabilities. So you either have a strategic role. So that's somebody who is defining vision and strategy. So think somebody, you know, senior management, maybe your managing director. Then you have someone who's transformational. Um, and transformational is someone that kind of takes those strategies and puts them into action. So a great example of that, I guess, is our tech teams. You know, they're kind of, they're taking the, the vision and strategy and they're kind of building it. Mm -hmm. And then we have operational, and that's kind of people who um, would implement work on a more of a short-term focus. So we think of things like that around associate-level people within the business. So maybe you have um, an associate kind of HR um, employee, something like that. So that's the success framework, kind of what, how it's split into three things. What we do there is then that should be driving those end of your conversations. So, you know, what did I do well? Um, what examples do I have? Did I demonstrate how transformational I was? Um, maybe if you want to try and improve, then maybe you want to see if there's anything in the, the next level above. So, for example, if I'm transformational, is there something in the strategic that I can be doing? Can my manager give me an opportunity? And so that's kind of how we grow individually and how we kind of have made that generic across all people in Moonpig, all employees in Moonpig. Now, that's great, but engineering has lots of different roles, lots of different levels. You know, we talk about people being senior engineers. You know, what's a senior engineer, what's a junior engineer, or we call them associate engineers here. And so we wanted to take the idea of the success framework, but actually give something that's specific to tech as well. And that's the growth framework. And that's kind of what I'm here to talk about today. All right, really nice. So I think what's also quite interesting about that is we, we don't just let a whole year pass and then say like, oh, how did you do in the last year, right? This is all accompanied by you have one person you normally get coached by, we have like monthly checkups and all of this. Um, so I think that that's kind of like a really, really good foundation. So what I'm interested in is especially like kind of how do we define our different levels of like, you know, we have as I said, associate, engineer, senior, and then um, we come to like a little bit of a split where we said people can focus a bit more on the managerial side and people can focus more on the real technical sides that we call like individual contributors. Um, wh why do you think this is important? Yeah, it's important because I think traditionally you've probably already you've probably seen instances where the best engineer in a team becomes the team lead, becomes the manager. All of a sudden, not only are they expected to be this kind of all-knowing tech person but actually they're now having to they're responsible for growing everyone else in a team they're there you know kind of pastoral care you know holidays sickness but also coaching and growing people now some of those people who are amazing technically 
aren't necessarily always the best manager. You know, they're not kind of suited mm. to that role. And so by calling out the fact that we have this path, which is you can either be an individual contributor or a manager, then what we're saying is actually we value that you are you know, potentially a really strong individual contributor and your career doesn't stop at the point where you either have to, you know, you hit a ceiling and then have to become a manager to, you know, unlock more salary or unlock, you know, more responsibility or experience. And so it's important then to say that actually if somebody is interested in being a manager, you can go and do that. But if you actually want to stay and be really strong technically, we can offer that to you. You don't have to go and be a manager because I think what happens there is sometimes you see then people go into that role, don't like it then feel maybe like they have to take a step back if they want to go back to being um, an individual contributor. Mm. And then more than likely people kind of, you know, pride kicks in and they then maybe leave. And we don't want to lose people that are strong technically. Yeah. So we want to show that we value them as much as we value managers. Yeah. I think that's really great. I mean, my personal um, experience, I've been down the route where progression meant taking on uh, managerial roles and it wasn't for me. So it's really nice to know that we can support people, can, they can continue to grow um, without having to go into these sort of roles that aren't really suited to their, their skill set or what they want to do. Um, with with this, the growth framework which you mentioned, uh, if, if we've got someone who's come in and uh, they've come in at associate level and they know that their long-term goal is they would like to become a principal developer, for example, how, how does the growth framework help them know what they need to do to to actually make that progression. Yep, okay, so um, so a bit like the success framework, we have this idea of expectations. So um, the idea there is that our, our, our growth framework is split into three key areas. And we have how I work, how I lead, and how I engage. Now, what we're trying to say here is that actually the technical part of your role is actually a small subset of the skills you expect to demonstrate over your career. So by calling out how I work, which kind of encompasses things like technology, the delivery, you know, delivery and impact and your initiative, that's one third of these other competencies. And that's because actually things like engaging with other people in the organization is really important. And maybe as an associate, you come in and maybe your engagement with other teams is going to be quite low. You're new to the business you're maybe new to technology or some of the technologies we're exposing you to. So actually you want to get your head down and focus on those for a bit. So that's okay. And that's kind of how our expectations are kind of set around your engagement levels are quite low as an associate. Go and focus in the team, go focus in your local area. Um, how I lead is um, split into three sections of support, focus and challenge. Now that doesn't mean you have to be a manager to lead. So you know, as you become more senior, people naturally show uh, leadership tendencies. So, you know, how do you support your team, and how can you focus your team? So you know, maybe you've got a team that have got lots of initiatives. Naturally, you might try and help that team kind of focus on one or two and get them done, rather than kind of being very kind of broad in terms of your focus. And then challenge, you know, kind of I guess as you know, as a senior engineer, you're more than likely going to be mentoring junior engineers. So associates, so how do you challenge them? How do you kind of set them up so actually they succeed? And so going back to your question around, you know, how, as an associate engineer, how do I know how I progress? Well, the idea is there that we have expectations for each level. So as a associate engineer, an engineer, a senior engineer, and a principal engineer, we have certain levels around work, lead, and engage. And so the idea is that we can then assess people on those competencies 
and see where they sit. And so if somebody wants to progress from an associate to an engineer, then we should be able to kind of you know, objectively look at some scores or at least kind of look at some examples of what we expect to see in those competencies mm. and see if that person's demonstrating them. And if they're not, then they're not ready for that move. Um, if they are, then what we can do is we can then kind of look at stretching them and say, well, actually, okay, you're now ready for a move. Do we have, you know, is the promotion process in place? You know, I kick it in, you know, kind of, are you ready for it? A mini interview, that type of stuff. Um, so yeah, so the idea is that an associate engineer can come in, look at this kind of matrix of expectations, work out where they are, and then the idea is if I want to achieve engineer, what do I need to do to do that? And it's very clearly called out in our list of descriptions of what those roles look like and what those competencies look like at each role. Sounds really good. Um, previously, uh, when I've gone through this, and I've even been on the other side where I'm trying to generate this sort of framework, the hardest, been, the hardest thing of the lot is, has been trying to stop it um, being subjective. Uh, quite often, it's uh, someone's promotion has been because I think they're good enough to have that promotion. So, so is it is it still kind of like that within this framework, or is it more evidence based? So yeah, I mean, so it's a good question. So I think what we've seen in the past, yeah, kind of, you you don't want lots. You don't want it to be completely subjective, right? So then is somebody could, for example, be very visible to a certain manager. And then that person could be almost like a sponsor for that person being promoted because they see a lot of the work they're doing. Um, so you kind of want it to make sure it's evidence-based and objective. But you also don't want it to be almost like a box-ticking exercise of, oh, I've done these four things, that, you know, I've done these four things in the expectations list, therefore I'm ready for promotion. So you've got to get the right balance. You don't want it to be just a simple game of like maths, you know, I've ticked some boxes, therefore I equal a principal programmer. Um, so you do need some evidence-based, you know, Examples. So, are you, you know, what we're trying to do is get some really clear descriptions on each of those, each of those jobs. So, each of those levels. So, associate, principal, as an example, have kind of very clear descriptions of what those roles look like from the angle of the competencies. So, how does a principal engineer work compared to how a associate engineer works? And so, you know, kind of, they're not um, finite lists either, right? So, it's a case. It's not a case of I do eighty percent of that list. We do need, you know, some subjectiveness in there, um, because otherwise people will just try and game it. You know, kind of. <laughs> I've done these four things once yeah. this month. I'm ready to be promoted. <laughs> and and I think what's really important around that is um, that some people might be stronger in one area and a bit weaker in another. Right? We we know there are people who are extremely good developers and are less engaged in the community, and we know there are people who are maybe a bit weaker on the coding side but they're extremely engaged with the community and you know they, they organize like i don't know meetups or something in that area which is extremely valuable to Moonpig in a different way so i think it's it's quite important to keep this mix and not just go like yeah eight out of ten points there you go here's <laughs> your star um yeah yeah we've taken a lot of inspiration from we've, we've done a lot of research with all some of the different kind of growth frameworks out there especially some of the tech companies mm. so we've looked at companies like medium songkick uh, Monzo and I think kind of interestingly some of them very much are a case of just tot up all your points yeah. what are your points therefore you are now this position and yeah that kind of leads to a point where you find um, people are not necessarily t-shaped in their skills they end up being you know I over index on the technology side of things but then the bit of leading and engagement are low scored but because I've gamed it in a way that 
my points hit the level of a principal programmer, then I'm a principal. And so we didn't want that to happen yeah. because, you know, kind of it's great being really technical, but like I said, called out earlier, it's 30% of your role. You know, it's not everything that you do. Um, yeah. You, you, you can't really drive and engage in a team if all you do is like sit in a corner and don't talk to anyone. We all know that's not how programming, that's not how developing products work. And I think that's definitely an image from the past. And I, I think it's important that we recognize this. Yeah, I mean, engagement's a really good one. Um, we've kind of, we've, this has been through a few iterations and, you know, we're still kind of refining it as we go, we go now, even as we speak now, it's been refined. Um, one of the interesting things is you talk about engagement and it's split into these like three conducts, like community, collaboration and communication. Mm. Now, people immediately think community means, oh, I've got to go speak at a meetup. And that's not what it means. Like kind of, you can have an internal community. Yeah. You know, are you as a, an Android engineer, are you aware of what's going on with the checkout team who are predominantly .NET engineers? Um, that's community. Yeah. You know, are you sharing some things that you found with the rest of the tech organization? That's community. Um, collaboration, you know, kind of, you can be collaborative in your own individual team, but actually do you, oh yeah, as an example, right now, you know, the podcast is a collaboration between two engineers in different teams. Yeah. Um, you know, that's a great example of that. Um, mm. It doesn't mean go speak at meetups. Yeah, <laughs> and, and it's the same, we have like Jamin, for example, who organizes our internal coding dojos every two weeks and it brings together, yeah, yeah. Devs, devs from different teams and absolutely that's yeah, a great example right you know, no one's expecting anyone to go outside of their you know nine to five hours and go and go speak at meetups and spend hours preparing for it it's not what it means if you want to do that great and that's a piece of evidence yeah but it doesn't that isn't a requirement okay on that point um if you've got someone who wants to let's just say it's a, a principal engineer they want to move into a principal engineer role and one of the things that's really important is this engagement aspect, but they're not so good at it. What do you do to support them, to help them get better at it uh, so that they can make that step forward that they want? Yeah, um, good question. So uh, su support, right? So from, we have this management course. Um, so any any manager, any people manager at Moonpig, uh, the Photobots group, goes on a course called Be That Manager. And it's based around three important things. Um, I've mentioned it in How I Lead, which is support, focus, and challenge. And it's key for our managers to support individuals, individual contributors. And so, you know, if somebody is struggling on that area, it obviously, it hopefully will be highlighted either in an end of year conversation with something like the success framework, or maybe it comes up in the growth framework in regular check-ins. And you, you support them, you kind of want that individual contributor to maybe come to the manager and say, I've got some ideas of how I can improve this, you know, can I come and do it? You, you kind of want them to come with the problems to, you know, solutions to their problems. What you don't want is I've got a problem and as a manager, can I solve it? It should be more a case of as an individual, I think this kind of works out even with me as a manager, but with my manager, um, if I've got a problem, I'm sure he wants to hear that I have a problem, but this is how I'd like to solve it. And mm. so it's the same with support. So let's say something I want to evangelize a bit more. Mm. So start off internally I and mean, kind of that's, that's, that's some support there. Um, you know, our, inter our product and tech all hands that we have every two weeks, great opportunity where the audience is, you know, kind of knows about the tech and the organization, you know, you shouldn't be nervous, you know, everybody wants you to succeed. Um, and, and that's the, the start. And just even that is a, a great start. Um, and then maybe you build some confidence up and maybe you want to go external or in that case, maybe you need to spend some time spending, you know, spend some time preparing for it. 
Well, if you're kind of an ambassador for Moonpig, then you know a manager, you know, would you know obviously give that person time to kind of look into it. And so, yeah, I mean, kind of support-wise comes in many many forms. In in that instance of evangelism, I think you'd find out how you get that person to build up the confidence first, and then go, you know, if they want to go external. I mean, it might be that just talking internally is enough. Yeah, I think it's it's actually really good here for for that sort of support anyway. Um, for example, we have um, lunchtime working groups that uh, focus purely on helping people get more confident at speaking in public, and we have our code dojos that you mentioned earlier, which can help people improve their technical skills. So we really do support that anyway. Uh, but just to summarise, you sort of see that really is driven by the employee or the the, the person to make sure that they get the support they want. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a manager's there to enable. Um, I don't think um, a manager's here to problem solve. Um, yeah, they're there for, you know, they might have had the experience in the past, but actually, you know, I think me personally, like looking kind of, I guess, selfishly for me as a manager, if my people that I manage, if they come to me with problems, I want them to come with me with a few solutions and we'll talk about it. And I'll ask questions and hopefully get to the bottom of the right solution with them. But, you know, kind of it's not I'm not there to make, you know, to solve for people's problems. I'm there to help people kind of get to their own um, kind of own decisions, really. In the end, it's all about self-empowerment, right? You you want a team to be able to co- collaborate together and find their solutions. And yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, you know, we, we've, we talked a little bit about the structure earlier where the structure is we have, um, you know, we have individual domains. So teams actually look after a domain of the business. So, for example, um, let's talk about, um, I guess, mobile development's quite an easy one, I guess, because that's quite um, a broad-ranging topic. The, their mobile team is empowered to do what they need to do to make sure the app is, you know, kind of meeting customers' expectations, you know, it's kind of, it's generating revenue, it's hitting its um, objectives. But the team are empowered to do that. Um, and so kind of hopefully that, spreads you know even to things like personal development people are empowered mm. to kind of you know work on their personal development yeah. and hopefully that then kind of will flow back into your conversations with your with your manager flow back into the end of your conversation and then you should hopefully be able to show that you kind of you know showed the behaviors that were expected from your next step up and then hopefully have a positive conversation and can, can grow and actually see oh yeah i have grown as a person in the last year yeah which is for me, it's always like really important, right? This kind of like this cycle of going back and seeing like actually how far you have come. Sometimes even within half a year is, is really really interesting. Yeah, I find it quite interesting. You know, we work working in an agile, you know, agile teams here at Moonpig, and we have our you know retrospectives. You know, what could we have done better? Do we ever do personal retrospectives? And you know, kind of I think looking back on what you've achieved in a year, you, you probably surprise yourself how much you achieve. Mm. Um, you know, kind of I think. I think this year is probably one of my first years in a long time where I've looked back and gone, wow, a lot's happened. Yeah. Um, and I think it's great to take the time to do that. Um, and, you know, take a bit of downtime, you know, you know, a bit of hindsight, you know, retro, you know, have a bit of retrospective on what you've achieved that year and then feed that into the success framework in your conversation. Feed it into the growth framework and kind of, you know, show examples of where you're demonstrating the next level or that actually maybe you found your level and you're happy but you're showing that you're still demonstrating that. Um, yeah, it's important. Yeah, and that's the thing. Not not everyone always needs to, like, become a manager or become a principal engineer, right? Yeah. If if you're happy with what you're doing, then that's good. Yeah, absolutely. You know, kind of. I think you you have to have. I think you have to have a a wide range of 
uh, you know, kind of personalities and um, ambitions. So some people are quite happy to, you know, maybe maybe they hit that senior engineer mark and they're happy with what they've got. They like the team they're in, they like the work they're doing, the level of responsibility. There's no problem with that. Because you'll always have, for every person like that, you'll have somebody that's super ambitious and wants to be the principal programmer. But also, you'll have somebody that actually wants to go into management. Mm. And so, you know, kind of it's, and that's how you get a nice, diverse kind of work group, yeah. you know, and so, yeah. All right. I think that was really, really interesting. Thank you very much for taking your time. Thank you for having um, me. And talking to us. Um, one last question okay. before we close this. Star Trek or Star Wars? Ooh. Star Wars. Star Wars. They came with a little shrug on the side. <laughs> well, I've just been watching, I've been watching Star Trek um, Discovery. Discovery on Netflix and quite enjoyed it. But I'm not a fan of like the old stuff. So Star Wars. Star Wars it is. <laughs> Well, that was it then from us. Uh, thank you very, very much for listening and I hope we will see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Moonpig. -bye.